Welcome back to the Cafe in Artichoke Music. I'm Tom D'Antoni. Next time, we'll bring back for a new visit Cheryl Pavelski of Omnivore Recordings, one of my favorite guests. Across the table today is Peter Bellotta, Executive Director of Chamber Music Northwest. Their new season has just started, and he's going to tell us about the entire rest of the season, which, as you know, is something we like to do. I want to find out what an executive director really does also. And in case you're wondering, what exactly is chamber music and why it is not stuffy and boring? Because it isn't. Meet Peter Bellotta. Well, the flashing red light is off. It's no longer flashing, right. which that's, means that's good. they can hear us. Okay, good. <laughs> nice to meet you. Good to meet you, Tom. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. I, sometimes I think there's something, there's, there isn't anybody I haven't interviewed yet, but I'm glad that you are off that list. Well, I'm glad I am too. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm not very happy that I'm having to follow Ms. Kitty on your program last <laughs> week because that's a tough <laughs> act to follow. She is. She is. She really is. Uh, but it's great that she's back in business and doing shows again. And that we all are. Yeah. That we all are. Yeah. Yeah. She says she has a lot of gifts saved up over the past few years. You know, she gives out prizes. Yes, that's right. Show. That's right. Anyway. So, uh, Chamber Music Northwest has been around how long now? We're now in our 53rd season. Wow. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, you don't look that old. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Faring pretty well. Always keeping it fresh. <laughs> How long have you been there? I've been with CMNW, as we call it, for about uh, 10 years now, 10 seasons now. In the same position? Uh, as executive director, yes. Ah, great. Mm-hmm. How do you get to be an executive director? Oh, completely by accident. Um, I worked in theater and opera uh-huh. and social services for many years and was with Portland Opera when I came to Portland, mm-hmm. um, I guess about 17 or 18 years ago now. Wow. And never had any expectation of running a chamber music festival, uh-huh. except someone I respected called me up and said, hey, will you come over and do this? And I figured it would be cool and something new to do. So that's where I am now. And I just love it. Did you ever perform or is- I was a vocalist in college, and that's oh. about it. I'm probably one of the only people who is not a trained musician or musicologist running a chamber music organization in the country. And I kind of like it that way because I'm an audience member first, and I enjoy uh-huh. exploring the music, experiencing it mm-hmm. as a new thing, uh, and often put myself in the, in the position of I'm here to listen, not to mm-hmm. run the organization, but actually to enjoy it along with the audience. Well, I have found, and you probably have also, that the music journalists know absolutely nothing about music. Oh, that, that's the best way, Zero. I think. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. And I've got a jazz writer named uh, uh, Michael Conley, Shoehorn is mm-hmm. his name. And he is a, he's a terrific musician, uh, but he has this knack of writing for musicians and fans, mm-hmm. which is, is it, it's, it's, it's tricky. That's tricky. that's tricky, and it's yeah. really important because we often forget that it's about the audience. It's all about how people connect with the music and mm-hmm. how they experience it, mm-hmm. the joy that they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and too often we get focused on the music is mm-hmm. so important. No, it's the people that are important and mm-hmm. the experience we have when we enjoy it. And for, 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 for fans of music, no matter what kind of music... Um, uh, they, they may not want to know 
how the sausage is made. That's right. You don't. You, know, you, you don't. want to experience the joy, yeah. the wonder, the confusion when you hear something new. How did they do that? Or mm-hmm. what about that rhythm or that syncopation? You want to have that that visceral experience of discovery, exploration, um, surprise, um, joy. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. And, it's not and, about how the sausage is made. Right. And, and discovery of the personalities of the musicians. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That's one of the things that I have fallen in love with about chamber music since mm-hmm. uh, accidentally taking this organization <laughs> over because it, it's, you know, I can compare uh, chamber music. People think, oh, chamber music, classical chamber music, it's so hoity-toity. Yeah. No, it's nothing more than a jazz ensemble or a rock band mm-hmm. or a folk group, uh, four or five musicians who are... Uh, exploring the music together, um, trying out different interpretations. You watch them, you're up close, Mm -hmm. and you see the expressions and the nods and occasional grimaces Mm -hmm. when they miss a note, Mm -hmm. but you're you're in the music with them. Mm -hmm. And it's all about being there, not only to hear the music, but to see the performers. It's really a visual experience as much as it is an oral experience. Mm -hmm. It might have something to do with the word chamber. Yeah, yeah, I think it probably does. Chamber. That means basically a room. Yeah. Well, a room, yeah. A room like the one we're sitting in right, right now where you come to listen to a band. But, but chamber sort of denotes. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> we have to come up with Even a different Even though I word, don't, I mean, I don't we, believe that. We keep trying to come up with a different name for it. And no one seems to come up with something no. better. Yeah. yeah. That is, I think that's frequently the struggle when people say, oh, classical music. I, don't I know. Think they are classical yeah. music. Yeah. Classical music is no different than any other kind of music. It's all music, whether hip-hop or pop or jazz. Whatever, whatever music people don't like, <laughs> they don't like it because of the name or when they hear the name, they, they automatically don't like it. Exactly, exactly. Oh, no, I don't like, uh, I don't like bebop. Right. Well, why? Why yeah, don't you no. like it? Have you actually ever heard it? I don't like <laughs> hip-hop. I, yeah. that, no, I just don't do that. Well, why not? Um, and, yeah, we categorize So that are, is that something that you still fight? Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Oh, What no. do you do? Uh, you know, I think the best thing to do with any genre of music, including ours, is, okay, come on. Just come and experience yes. it with us. And so often when you get people in the seat uh-huh. actually sitting down and experiencing it, they come out uh, with... Uh, simply amazed. Well, it's 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 well, it's like I, I mean, it's very it's intensely intimate. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, and how large on uh, how, how what's the limit in, in chamber ensembles? Usually, it's about thirteen to fifteen players because the key with a chamber music group. We keep calling it chamber music. Oh, it's okay. What, what are these groups? It's all right. No, let's, let's, I, I, yeah. It's chamber music. I like to call I, it a band. Uh, I like chamber. They're okay, beautiful, they're beautiful okay. chambers. The chamber band. It has, it has beautiful curtains, and, and the windows are beautiful, no, and the I chairs are beautiful. So. And but, So chamber band is basically, it's that. It's a band of friends playing mm-hmm. together. So the group has to be small enough that they can conduct themselves, mm-hmm. nod to each other, smile, um, wink, yeah. and lean into the music as they're performing, just like a rock band or a folk group or a jazz ensemble. And if it gets too large, then, well, then it's an orchestra. It's yeah. not It's yeah. not this interplay, collaboration, exploration of the music that makes it exciting for us as audience members, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. for the musicians. So we're talking about solo one up to 13. Yeah, solo up to about 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder why 
there aren't conductors? I think not, because, I'm not saying that you know maybe, the answer to that, but maybe you do. Oh, probably because the, the whole point of chamber music mm-hmm. is it's meant to be played in a chamber, in yeah. a room, yeah. by friends. You know, uh-huh. If we go back 150 or 200 years, this was the popular music of the day, like listening to the radio today. Uh-huh. Uh, and you would hear it at a concert, and then you would come home and play it with friends or uh-huh. with your family yeah. in you know, a, a, an abbreviated version. Mm-hmm. So that was the radio then, that you actually yeah. all mm-hmm. together played the music at home mm-hmm. in your little chamber, in yeah. your living room mm-hmm. or your music parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to keep that feel as much as possible in our performances too, so that you don't feel like you're going to a, a big concert hall to hear a formal chamber music or, or classical music concert. It's a... As much as possible, we try to make it a living room concert. Yeah. So you're up close yeah. and personal. Yeah. You yeah. get to know the artist, mm-hmm. and you get to feel the music in addition to just hearing the music, because that's that's what makes it wonderful. I want to get into this 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 new season before I start sounding like Fred in Best in Show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, that musician has the last. I think he does have two left feet. The last <laughs> thing. The last thing I asked you, I, I went. My God, I'm sounding like Fred in, in Best in Show. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which wouldn't be bad if, if, if this was a Christopher Guest movie. <laughs> True. All right. All right. Well, let's move on. Then. So this is, w- w- how many years is this? This is the um, So this, this is our 53rd season. Wow. And we're a bit unique uh, among other music groups in town because what we try to do at Chamber Music Northwest is bring together musicians from all over the country and mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. some of the best musicians in classical music, and frequently we throw them together in almost kind of a, a camp atmosphere where they collaborate and often play with musicians they haven't performed with before. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes even if they're an existing group like a string quartet, we'll throw in a new musician to mm-hmm. perform with them so that it changes the dynamic and the energy and they get to play and experiment with someone new uh, and have as much fun performing mm-hmm. as we do listening. Mm-hmm. So. We do that all summer long with a huge music festival we do here over about six weeks, mm-hmm. um, anywhere from 35 to 40 concerts and about 60 different educational and community engagement activities. Wow. And th- that involves about 100 musicians and 120, 130 different pieces of music throughout the summer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like you said earlier, it ranges from a solo performance to a string quartet, to a miniature orchestra uh-huh. of 12 or 14 people. And it's everything from percussion to Beethoven to vocal music and even some jazz and world music thrown in there, uh-huh. all influencing what we're playing. We even commission a lot of new music. So a, a lot of new composers whose work we premiere here. And then when we get into what I like to call the wet season now, uh, hopefully yes. not wet yet, Um, We try to mirror that in the concerts that we're doing throughout the year as well. Mm -hmm. So that this year's season is all about variety, diversity, exploration of new composers, new musicians, new genres of music that you've never heard before. So that we continue that idea of exploration and new experiences, not just at our summer festival, but throughout the rest of the year. Is this your first year at Patricia Reeser? Um, it is. We started there yeah. last spring uh-huh. as one of their first performances, yeah. a cool collaboration we did with Body Box, which is 
a good example oh, yeah. of how mm-hmm. flexible and right. unusual chamber music can be, where yeah. we actually provided yeah. live music yeah. for a body box contemporary dance performance. That is, you know, that's just something that's, that, ha- that I don't know whether it's, it's a trend nationally or not, but it certainly is a trend here in Portland for putting people together. Uh, collaboration brings yeah. out such wonderful things. Yeah. And even the collaboration with research. We were there for our summer festival this year, one evening a week, mm-hmm. um, doing not only our main stage concerts there with world-renowned artists, but we even had young musicians from throughout our community performing mm-hmm. either in the lobby or out in front of the research center mm-hmm. before the main concert. Mm-hmm. Just to spread the music that we're creating more broadly and mm-hmm. invite people to participate more. Mm-hmm. So we're back at the Reeser this fall uh, in our very first concert, mm-hmm. which was just last week, or, mm-hmm. uh, and and yes. our upcoming concert with the Sphinx Virtuosi. Well, let's go uh, through the season. Sure, let's okay. do that. So uh, on, on uh, October 11th, Sphinx Virtuosi Orchestra. What does that mean? Boy, a fancy name, but this is oh, a, it's a cool, great name. It's a great organization. The Sphinx organization is based in Detroit, and they're uh-huh. in their 25th season. Uh-huh. They have been dedicated for more than two decades to promoting the careers of young black and brown musicians and encouraging them to pursue a career in classical music. Uh-huh. And, boy, their veterans now are filling the ranks of major orchestras, major chamber ensembles, jazz groups, conductorships mm-hmm. all across the country. Mm-hmm. So kind of continuing our commitment to both young artists and also presenting music that normally we don't hear, this program will feature 18 of the finest alumni and participants in the Sphinx program uh, playing performance or performing music that is entirely by women composers. Wow. And, and uh, composers who are uh, black, brown, and a little Beethoven thrown in there, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we're, in addition to doing the concert in collaboration with the Reeser, the, those 18 musicians will be spending two days out in the community in Hillsboro, um, Beaverton, and Portland Public Schools, uh-huh. working with young people as well, encouraging them to pursue uh, an interest in music. Wow. Interesting. And it is a, it's a really neat program uh, because in addition to uh, the performances that they are doing, we'll have all of these other things happening in the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a great thing. I know the Portland Jazz Festival does that kind of thing also. Yeah. And that's important because when we have musicians here in town, they they may come from around the world and they may even be internationally renowned and famous, but if we can't connect them with the community in some way, mm-hmm. then it's just a concert and we want right. to be doing much more than that. Right. All right. Great. Okay. And then so following Sphinx, in November, we have what you would consider more of a traditional concert of piano quartets. Well, it's yeah. called Beloved Piano Quartets, and the word beloved would it, indicate it that. It really is, but even yeah. that concert is a bit unusual. We have four internationally renowned artists that will be mm-hmm. part of that. Uh, Jamie Laredo, Sharon Robinson, um, uh, Anna Polanski on piano, and Tula Neguanyama, who has been an important part of our festival in past summers. Uh, Nokatula is both a performer and a composer, and we've commissioned a number of new works from her over the years. So this concert will feature not only what you think of as traditional chamber music, Mm -hmm. some Mozart and some Dvorak, Mm -hmm. but also a brand new work that we've commissioned from Tula. And this kind of continues the tradition of our summer festival of throwing artists together to create Mm -hmm. something new. 
because normally if you go to a chamber music concert, you'll often hear a touring string quartet mm-hmm. or maybe a piano qu- a qu- or a piano trio that mm-hmm. is touring around the country performing in many cities. Rarely do you get to hear piano quartets because mm-hmm. you have to add another musician for that. Yeah. And that's kind of expensive. That's what we do is we mix things up and bring more musicians in to create greater variety. Uh-huh. On this piano quartet, what are the, what, what, what are the instruments? The instruments are piano. Um, yeah, piano. <laughs> you got that. Um, a cello, violin, and viola along with uh, the piano. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Boy. And then? And then we move on to a little vocal music. Ah, at Lincoln Hall. Yes, at, mm-hmm. uh, and actually we're doing this concert in the Lincoln Recital Hall, which uh-huh. if you've been to a concert in the big Lincoln Performance Hall upstairs, right. you may not know that there's this little tiny intimate recital hall underneath it. Beautiful little space to hear music huh. in that seats about 200 I've people. I've been all over Lincoln Hall. I guess mm-hmm. I don't remember it. Oh, it's 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 a best-kept secret, yeah, I think, in the huh. city because it's a huh. gorgeous space, and it sounds wonderful for almost any really? kind of music. Wow. It's a little loud for percussion, but we've done that oh. there, too, for uh-huh. effect. Uh-huh. But um, so this continues another emphasis that we've had throughout our summer festivals lately, and that's a focus on vocal music, uh-huh. and that's a solo vocal singer. Um In the classical music world, classical music, it's called leader, which is really just um, art song. It's a Uh story told through music. Uh We're bringing to town in December Will Liverman, uh, who is one of the rising stars of the international opera world. And uh, you may have seen in New York Times and other international press last year that Uh the the Metropolitan Opera did their very first uh, opera by an African-American composer, Uh uh, Fire Shut Up My Bones. And the star of that production was Will Liverman, a young bass baritone mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. has the most incredible and uh, affecting voice you will mm-hmm. ever hear. Mm-hmm. And we get to hear a program that he's put together, accompanied ah. by, on piano, um, Gloria Chen, who's our co-artistic director. Uh-huh. And his program will feature um, work that is very specific to American cultures, black spirituals, and even works by contemporary composers. Yeah. Now, both of your artistic directors are, are, are not, not, they don't live in Portland. How, how does that work? That's right. Because, well, so many chamber musicians are, yeah. they're sort of like wandering minstrels. Yeah. They travel around from city to city, either performing with a group that they're a member of, like mm-hmm. the Sphinx Virtuosi <laughs> Orchestra, mm-hmm. or they're solo performers that during the year, they may be uh, the first chair in a major orchestra, or they may be a teacher at uh, the Curtis Institute of Music or Juilliard, mm-hmm. but they're also a performing artist. So they travel from town to town. Mm-hmm. Artistic directors are the same way, where Gloria and Subin, really? in addition to being our artistic directors, mm-hmm. they also are artistic directors for two smaller chamber music organizations mm-hmm. they established in Burlington, Vermont, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee? Chattanooga, where, where Gloria grew up. Choo-choo, Chattanooga. They're performers, too. Yeah. So they are out touring the world, performing on piano and violin as soloists, and they teach as well. So uh, Sue Vin teaches at both the Curtis, uh, no, the New England Conservatory of Music mm-hmm. and at the Yale University Conservatory. Uh, so they kind of piece this all together into a full-time mm-hmm. job by doing many things, just like any other musician does, whether right. in jazz or rock or folk yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yep. yeah. How did the pandemic affect you guys? 
well for us, like everyone else, we had to shut down and we had to stop doing yeah. things. And this was right on the cusp of us launching what was then our 50th anniversary summer oh, festival. It's going to be the biggest summer festival we had ever done. Oh, and man. across the country, music festivals and music series had to cancel everything. Yeah. And we did for about three or four days. And then <laughs> we came back in kind of mid-March of 2020 and we mm -hmm. said, doesn't matter, we're going to keep making music. So we immediately began uh, planning one of the very first virtual summer festivals of any music organization in the country. Uh -huh. And uh, in the summer of 2020, we did a full five weeks of online concerts, either of recorded material that we already had, mm -hmm. or we went around the world with the musicians that we were planning to bring here. Huh. We engaged them. We hired a videographer, an audio engineer, and even a venue in some cases to help them record a concert for us uh -huh. that we could present online. And then we gave that concert to the musicians so they could sell it to other music yeah. presenters around yeah. the world and yeah. make up some of the lost income that uh -huh. they lost with all the canceled performances. Uh -huh. And we've kept doing that now. Even though we're back in live performances, we've realized there are a lot of people that aren't comfortable with coming back yet or uh, whether they're medically compromised or yeah. they're nervous about being back in public or mm -hmm. maybe they're not even here. We have now listeners to, for our concerts and viewers for these concerts around the country and even around the world. Yeah, yeah. So we just kept making music. That's what we do. And we really needed it during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't stop. <laughs> we can't stop. No. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, we do take true. a we it's, take a little break. There's, there's 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 certain things that have a life of their own. Yeah. We take and a little I, break, I, I, and I, yeah. I get the sense that Chamber Music Northwest is one of those organizations. Yeah. We don't stop that often, though. We don't have yeah. a nutcracker or anything like that for the holiday season. So ah. after Will Lieberman is here, we take a little break for the holidays. Tough mm -hmm. to compete with Sugar Drop and you know sugar plums and fairies yes, yes. but we come come back in february with our first concert of uh, the winter season mm -hmm. an amazing young cellist named elisa weilerstein mm -hmm. who is really the wunderkind of the cello world right now that sounds very really? serious but, how old is she um she's probably yeah, mid-30s we've uh -huh. been trying to get here her here for several years because yeah. she was going to be part of the season that had to be canceled oh, because boy. of the pandemic yeah and then we were going to bring her back last year, but a certain small human intervened when she had a child. Ah. So we're bringing her back for this long-planned concert this year. And, you know, this one is classical music. It's Bach. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. think, oh, well, Bach, it's old classical music. But this is a really important concert to be doing. You know, Bach wrote a lot of music that is very meditative, introspective, mm -hmm. um, where we're invited to to be at peace, to breathe, to mm -hmm. really experience um, and listen to not only the music but ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. And this is a part of a series of very extensive programs we've done like this over the past couple of years, including during the pandemic, our uh, other co-artistic director, Suvin Kim, mm -hmm. performed Bach's complete works for solo violin. Uh -huh. Very extensive, almost two and a half hour program wow. where you're invited to just be still and mm -hmm. listen and reflect and, and really re-energize. 
We did the same thing last year with an incredible pianist named Jeremy Dank, where he mm -hmm. performed a complete cycle of another set of Bach piano works. Mm. And Elisa Weilerstein will be performing in a single concert every one of Bach's solo cello works. And it's a moment of, I mean, it's not only a musical tour de force uh, for a cellist to perform these mm -hmm. all in one sitting, but it's a challenge for the audience as well to sit down, to be calm, to reflect, to be with others while we're experiencing it, not sitting at home listening to a recording. Mm -hmm. And this will be about a three-hour concert that we'll take wow. a break for and get a little nourishment in the middle of, wow. but it, it's well worth it, uh, and, and uh, hope people will join us for it. It's amazing. You know, what's really amazing is that, that these musicians, will she be performing that this anywhere? Has she performed this elsewhere? And will she? Because, because I, I understand that it's, it's an important concert, but to, to, to prepare that kind of material for one performance. She will be doing other performances of it and has in the past. Oh, good. Uh, this will be one of the first full performances of it she'll do after having her child. So we're, wow. we're glad it will be here. I wonder what, I wonder what effect that will have on her. I, mean, I, hope I, I wonder. I wonder what effect that does have on on on, on a performers uh, on performing. Oh, I think it has a huge effect. Uh, all of our life experiences do, and certainly uh, the past two years of the pandemic have informed oh, yeah. performances a great way. Yeah. I remember the the very first time last summer, the summer of twenty one, that we came back for our first live performance uh, for our summer festival, mm -hmm. and. We actually were in the very first rehearsal when the musicians started rehearsing. And those of us that were just doing business, setting up in the hall, mm -hmm. and even the musicians as they started playing, there was this palpable energy in the yeah. air, yeah. and yeah. tears came to our eyes sure. realizing we're back together again yes. and making real music again. Yeah. And every performance that summer and this past summer and the ones we're expecting this year are different because of that. Mm -hmm. They're far more energized and moving and mm -hmm. exciting yeah. and reflective in many ways. I've had I've had musicians on the podcast here who have made major changes in their techniques. Yes, over mm -hmm. the pandemic. They have. And in many cases it's because uh, they've been practicing the things that they've thought I should always work on that technique, but I've never had the time to. Right. Or I'm a music teacher and I always tell my students to do this, yeah. but maybe yeah. I should follow my own advice. A tremendous uh, uh, trumpet player and, and, and teacher, Derek Sims, mm -hmm. just threw out his whole breathing technique and, yes. and, and, yep. and started a new one. You know, that's a great segue because yeah. after Elisa Weilerstein is uh -huh. here, we have a group coming from the Curtis Institute of Music, one mm -hmm. of the finest music conservatories in the country. So one of the fellows that'll be coming along with that group of both students and professional alumni of the Institute is David Schifrin, um, one of the greatest clarinetists in the world mm -hmm. who was our artistic director for the past 40 years. Right. I and, interviewed him one time. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did. Yeah. And he, you know what I said about him? I said, he's a walking New Yorker cartoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, he is. <laughs> Just about an illustration as well. Yeah. And, you know, David performed for us last summer mm -hmm. as part of our summer festival. We actually did a big celebration of him mm -hmm. and his 40 years of leadership, something that was also delayed for two years by yeah. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I went up to David after the concert and I said, David, I don't know how you're 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 now retired as artistic director. And I know you're still <laughs> performing, but you sound better than ever. Ah. And he said, 
Yeah, the past two years I've been sitting at home. I finally took my teaching advice for all my students, and I practiced more. <laughs> so David will be back with us in March That's with great. the Curtis Institute on yeah. Tour. Uh-huh. This is another part of our commitment to young artists. Uh, we have young artists with us through our Protégé Project mm-hmm. every summer. We have young artists that we engage for some of their first professional concerts here for our year-round season. And every few years we bring back Curtis on tour because it gives uh-huh. us an opportunity to highlight some of the amazing young students that are coming out of American conservatories. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody asks me, well, how do you feel about the future of classical music in America? Mm-hmm. Usually in a depressing voice like yes. that. I have them look at the incredible young musicians mm-hmm. that are coming out of American conservatories mm-hmm. right now. And I say, how, how could you be concerned about the future of music in America? when you see these unbelievable musicians. Many of them perform in every genre, from classical to jazz to folk. Mm-hmm. Many are composers in their own right. Many are music leaders, like Gloria and Suvin that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And they're the next generation that's coming up and are going to influence every genre of music in this nation. And they're doing a Pendereski, huh? They are doing a Pendereski, and Ooh. they're doing a fantastic... <laughs> um, Soldier's Tale um, Uh from Stravinsky, which is really a storytelling combined with music, which is what music is Uh anyway. It's Uh telling a story that Uh that speaks to our hearts. And an incredible narrator that many of us know as uh, as Q on Star Trek or through Breaking Bad and his other TV appearances. (laughs) John Delancey will be here as the narrator for (laughs) that concert. Um, and he's a well. That's a sellout. Yeah, I, I hope so. He's a <laughs> he is a musician in his, own, in his own right. Because if you don't know a lot about John, we know him from his major TV and movie appearances. But yeah. he's really um, a vocal artist. Huh. If you look at his uh, his filmography, much of it is voice work for everything from animation to narration um, mm-hmm. books and others because his voice really tells a story. It uh-huh. really sings in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. So it, it's chamber music, so to speak. Terrific. Well, getting into spring. And then we wrap up the season with the Catalyst Quartet. You know, we started our conversation about the Sphinx Virtuosi, this yeah. organization in Detroit that is promoting the careers of uh, young musicians who are black and brown. The Catalyst Quartet are all alumni of the Sphinx organization. Ah. And they are actually our artists in residence for this season and Mm -hmm. next summer, Mm -hmm. coming to Portland a number of times to not only perform, but also work in the community. Catalyst has this amazing program that they pursued for the past two years called Uncovered, where with each of their CDs uh, that have received international recognition and with each of their concert series, They've explored the uh, the unknown music or undiscovered music of African-American composers. Mm. And for this particular concert they're doing, of women composers. Uh-huh. So their entire mission is to reveal and share and create greater understanding of great American composers whose music is underappreciated, mm-hmm. primarily composers who are African-American, Latinx, and women. Mm-hmm. And they'll be back for the summer festival in the summer of 2023 as well. There is a Mendelssohn on that, but it's not the, it's not the Mendelssohn that we we, uh, we usually think of. No, it isn't. Uh, and that's where we try to really mix things up. Uh, that is not Felix Mendelssohn, no. who everyone thinks of when you... When yeah. you're, it's Mendelssohn. Of course. Fanny Mendelssohn, <laughs> who was uh, her, his sister 
who was an amazing musician and yeah. composer in yeah. her own right. Wow. And it's about time that people pay greater attention to yeah. her music. Yeah. And so when does the when does the uh, the festival season start? So festival season starts in mid-June, and we run all the way through the end of July with concerts just about every night a week and a mm -hmm. lot of community activities as well. Uh -huh. So we're really a musical organization that runs 12 months a year, uh, summer mm -hmm. and year-round, and we try to bring you as much variety and as much discovery and a little of the classic mm -hmm. classics as well mm -hmm. uh, so that every music experience our community has with us is different and energizing, reflective, or just exciting. Uh -huh. What's the usual day like for the director of Chamber Music Northwest? Oh, heavens. Um, boy, it's everything. Uh, yeah. You know, people often forget. We think of a music ensemble, a mm -hmm. band, mm -hmm. or a music organization as being oh, it's just a bunch of musicians, and they put on concerts and rehearse. No, in a lot of ways, this is the music business. This is how people earn their livelihood yeah, yeah. and um, how they pay their bills and their mortgage and their rent. And a big part of my job every day is making sure that our musicians and our staff have the opportunity to do that in creating music for other people. Mm -hmm. So I, like any other uh, person that runs a small business, I pay attention to payroll and finances and mm -hmm. schedules mm -hmm. and production and everything else necessary to make certain that our musicians can create and share their music with us. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, a lot of ensembles have to do that too. I've talked to bands and, and string quartets that one of them is the business manager, one yes. is the logistics manager, yes. one is the education director, and right. the other one is their artistic director. Yeah. Because it's important that musicians be able to make a living doing yeah. this too. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, this is great. I'm glad that, I'm, I'm glad that you could take the time to stop by and, and, uh, and fill us in on the new season. It sounds really exciting. It is exciting, and I, yeah. I hope that, uh, that your listeners will come out and join us for it. If they're, if they're afraid, like we talked at the beginning, <laughs> about chamber music, just come out and try it. Yeah. And we'll, I can guarantee you that in any one of our concerts, because of the variety and diversity we present, there is something that will appeal to you. Oh, I never thought I would like Beethoven, but that was really cool. Yeah. Or I never imagined that chamber music would be a piece by a young composer who's 23 that's premiering here right, tonight right. that no one else has ever heard before, and that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Uh, so you'll find something that really uh, catches your ear uh -huh. and hopefully catches your heart. Well, sorry I, uh, I had my Fred Willard moment there, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, quite all right, quite all right. Thanks a lot, and as we like to close these every week, we close by saying, that's entertainment. And it should be. 